I'm Jamie. And I'm Nikisha, and this is Talking Horror with Jamie. And Nikisha. Where we share our love for spooky things and talk horror through the lens of human behavior. Welcome, everyone. Hello. 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 We're all here with our lenses. <laughs> We're ready to talk about everything horror. It's going to be a good time today. Wait, Nikisha, what did you say? We're going to what today? Horror. We're going to talk horror. Talk. Uh, You're gonna talk to me? Ooh. Oh! <laughs> that was not. Wow, that's maybe the best reaction I've ever got from something so stupid. This is great. This is great news for me. This is also a very nice harmony, I will say, between Jamie and I. Unplanned. That's true. It did sound nice. Yes, You're I like it. Same vowel and everything. Yeah. Well, yes, Brian has let the cat out of the bag today. We are talking about <laughs> the, or the hand, hand out of the bag. Got it, I got it, I got it. I'm with you. you, I'm with you. We got there. <laughs> we got there. <laughs> hand out of the bag. We are talking about the 2023 Australian supernatural horror film Talk to Me. <laughs> So this movie is directed by Danny and Michael Filippo in their feature film directorial debut, and it stars uh, one Sophie Wilde, Alexandra Jensen, Joe Bird, Otis Dahanji, and Miranda Otto. Now, heavy spoilers for everything that is Talk To Me, and Jamie, run us through all of those triggers, please. Sure, Lee. This has a lot of possession and spirits and like seances. So, Mm -hmm. as a whole, if you don't like that, this might not be for you. Um, There are also some insides on the outside. Uh, Mm. Anybody like eyeballs in your head? (laughs) Then keep it that way. Otherwise, (laughs) this might not be. Thing for you. Anybody Um, like eyeballs? This is fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, There's also uh, like visuals of extreme graphic self harm. There's references to suicide. Um, There's a lot of like hospital theme imagery. Um, Mm -hmm. I feel like that's important to name too, just because some folks don't like. Looking at hospitals, we're being in them, we're being reminded. Very of them. fair, yes. Um, there's uh, a scene where a person makes out with a dog, 
felt like I wanted to yeah. say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you're not into toe sucking. Oh, yeah, there's oh. some toe sucking. Oh. Oh. Yeah, if that's not your bag, maybe yeah, there's, try to skip that. Yeah, oh, that, I would even lot. I would even say that's that that crosses the border into just foot sucking, you know? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh yes, boy. we're going to get into all all of that. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think there's anything mm-hmm. else. Yeah, does, does that pretty much cover it? As far I think as so. Trigger warnings? Yeah. Yes. Grand. Oh, and um, animal harm? Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. The kangaroo. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And, and we talked about mentions of suicide, maybe? Mm-hmm. Yes? Mm-hmm. Okay. Great, great, great. Fantastic. Yes. Well, all of that is in there, guys. So... Pick carefully if this is what you would like to have your eyeballs look at. So we're going <laughs> to, <laughs> pun intended. Uh, so before we get into everything that is, talk to me, producer Brian. Please give us some words. Sure. Uh, before we start, we are covering Talk to Me because A24, the production company, the distribution company, has agreed to SAG AFTRA's terms. Um, so this is not struck Woo. material, so we feel super Woo. comfortable doing A24 movies. Um, love that about them. Um, mm-hmm. But for us, you can follow us wherever you want to follow us in terms of we're on um, Instagram, Twitter, or X, whatever we're calling it now. Uh, we're on Threads, and then, of course, we're on TikTok. Check us out on all those places. Um, and, of course, we're on YouTube. Um, you can watch us there. Hi, YouTube. Bam, finger hey. goes. Bam, 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 bam. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, shake my hand. Talk to me, YouTube. Oh, uh, oh no. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's, 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 that's all I had to say about that. Back to you, Nikisha. Oh, fantastical. <laughs> well, guys, have you watched anything recently? Done any spooky things? Nikisha? Let me know. Yes. We have watched oh, God. so much since our last Sinister episode. <laughs> so excited. Um, tell me all about it. Jamie, why don't you tell her what we watched last evening? It was a first experience for me. Uh-oh. Uh, it is, what's it called? The <laughs> House on Haunted Hill. I wanted to get the name mm. right because it sounds like the haunting. It also makes me think of haunting of Hill House, but those yes. are not the properties. This was House on Haunted Hill, which is the remake uh, mm-hmm. that came out in like late nineties, early two thousands. Yeah, um, and wow. boy, oh boy, what a time! I have seen that movie so many times on TV, and Brian had never seen it. No. Yeah. Um, we had actually previously mentioned it on our uh, the blackening episode because we talked about um, spoiler alerts for House on Haunted mm-hmm. Hill for a moment. But mm-hmm. um, Tate Diggs is one of the final men from that movie. Oh, so, right, 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 right. So, okay, mm-hmm. but don't worry, the movie's so bonkers that spoils zero percent of it. Um, <laughs> but if you follow me on Letterbox, you'll see that my review is: this was definitely made in 1999. <laughs> um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, this the, honestly, the truest two pack. I could ever suggest is this and uh, 13 Ghosts. Which I mean, is made by the same production company. And this was their first oh, movie. This was dark, their their breakout from uh, Dark Castle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. This movie is insane. It has over-the-top performances. It's not really that scary. It's just like that, like, 
It's poorly paced, but like I kind of also mm. had a good time because I'm a sucker for like late '90s, early 2000s like horror yeah. movies like this. <laughs> yes. You know, you have like it's like Tay Diggs, Famke Jansen, Jeffrey Rush. Um, oh wow! Chris Kattan is in this movie. <laughs> um, uh, Do you know you talking about that reminds Veronica me? Veronica Vaughn. So oh, hot, uh. Veronica Vaughn. Um, <laughs> Oh my god. I was thinking and I was like, that's not her name, but then you said it and then I was no, like, okay. No, that is not her name. <laughs> there you go. Uh it definitely reminds me of you talking about late nineties, early uh two thousands. What is it? House of Wax with like what Paris oh Hilton. Oh my god. That oh, was another almost, one that I was like, we, we should also I would watch yeah. this yes. one. I was just yes. in a mood for like early 2000s horror, mm-hmm. something that was like yeah. this there is no stakes. It's just yeah. whatever, yeah. <laughs> whatever pure thing chaos. they think is scary. Yeah, so, pure yeah. chaos. So it's, uh, Veronica Vaughn's real name is um, <laughs> is Bridget Wilson, um, mm. but also Peter Gallagher's in the movie and Ali Larder is in the movie. This is like pure ni- late '90s, early 2000s fuel. Like yeah, it's injected that. into my blood. Like yes. this is the feeling that I get when I assume some people watch like. 80s movies. You know what I mean? Uh, like, uh-huh. like yes. yeah, mm-hmm. injected into my blood. It's not good, but it was a delight. <laughs> well, Truly. sometimes you need those kinds of, of movies, right? It's just like there are no stakes. You know it's going to be terrible, but you know you're going to be there for like a good ride along the yeah. way, you know? And watching these movies that Jamie grew up watching that I've never seen is a true joy for me. Like <laughs> yeah. 13 Ghosts, that one. Um, mm-hmm. We watched another one, Urban Legend. Like, yes. Mm-hmm. I just one Ember Legends like one of my favorite '90s horror movies at this point. But um, yes, wait, can I just read the other movies that Dark Castle has made? At least like yeah. the early ones, because it really all the movies that we mentioned are all mm-hmm. made by Dark Castle. So it started oh, wow. with House on Haunted Hill, then Thirteen Ghosts, then Ghost Ship, then oh. Gothica, <gasps> and then House of Wax. Like they really <laughs> yeah. picked some doozies there's some of these that i have never even heard of that like i never saw like the reaping um apparently they made the sequel to house on haunted hill because they had to go back for some reason um but the biggest surprise that they produced is orphan and orphan first kill which are like great incredible films it's like what how did we get here but like okay but it was a, a journey we got there yeah, <laughs> super journey. I can't wait for. Have you not watched uh, House of Wax, Brian? I've never seen it. No. Yeah, I please watch that. We must okay. discuss that. Was one that was mm-hmm. always on TV that yeah. I, I would see a lot. I even of. Re- I remember the promos where it was all about like watch Paris Hilton die in House right. of Wax. Like that was <laughs> their that was their marketing campaign, which yes. is wild. And I hope that she got like therapy for that because that seems really messed up. Right. Truly, it's like everybody just wanting to see her fake death in this movie. Mm -hmm. My Mm -hmm. God. Mm -hmm. Truly crazy. Well, Um, sorry, what were you going to say? I also have binged um, Friday the 13th, part Mm -hmm. three through part six. Obsessed. I watched watched six with Brian. That was the only one I watched. So I watched. So just so everyone knows, we're on Friday the 13th. In October of this year, we're covering um, Friday the 13th, Chapter 7, New Blood. Um, mm-hmm. 
And so I was kind of preparing for that. And I watched part three. I watched part four, <laughs> the final chapter. Part five, A New Beginning. And then part six, we watched Jason Lives together. And I, these are not good movies. And, like, like you know, that's a relative term. And, I, and we'll talk about this more when we talk about that. But I have to yeah. tell you. I have been having an absolute blast with these movies. I'm learning so much about the Friday the 13th franchise just in terms of, like, I didn't know this, that they're actual sequels to each other, like legitimate sequels. Like, they take off for the... It feels like the Saw franchise Mm -hmm. where, like, they kind of mesh together, but, like, it takes... Like, they actually, like, are creating some sort of a larger narrative. And they're insane. Don't get me wrong. But I'm Mm -hmm. just having a really fun time. And I said this to Jamie, like... I, I I need to watch more Michael Myers movies, the Halloween movies. But yes. like, um, Freddy is my favorite villain. But this Friday the Thirteenth franchise, I think, is like truly fun. And I think my I like the Friday the Thirteenth movies better. Um, mm-hmm. Even the bad ones are a good time. Like I didn't really like three or uh, five. Um, but okay. I still had a good time. Anyway, th- we'll talk more about that, but I just need to share my experience a little bit. Well, I think I saw a list on the, the streaming services that um, that in August, in the month of August, these are all the movies that are coming out. I feel like the uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, all of them are, about to, are, are available now on Max. Yeah, they are. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Because we were also deciding the other night to we were deciding to watch Jason um, lives or mm-hmm. we were we're still get, going through all the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. And we're up to number four. Um, yeah. And I saw it was on Max. So we're, we'll get back to that. But I'm just having too much fun with Jason right now. I mean, that's fine. And then you got to get to Freddy versus Jason. And then what, well, like, that's the goal. That. The yes, goal. Okay. I've never seen it before. The goal oh is to get God. to Fr- the, the goal is to get to Freddy versus Jason, having I seen, seen it everything. Either. Yes, yeah. <laughs> that's going to be a time. I want to have full Jason and Freddy context by the time yes. we get to them fighting each other. It's important to me. Oh, you're going to have such a good time. Can't it's like, wait. It's like countdown to the fight, you know? <clears throat> yes. <laughs> yeah. Or final oh, countdown, if you will. No, I forgot I that I also watched something else. Oh, Did you watch? yeah. I rewatched. <laughs> Scary movie too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, because I forget why. Oh, I was listening to an episode of the podcast Horror Queers. I had down. Mm-hmm. I had gone like way back in their back catalog and like downloaded a bunch of episodes of movies that like I know I've seen a really long time ago. And I listened to the whole episode, or I almost finished it, and I was like, I really just want to watch this movie right now. Like it mm-hmm. just sounds so absurd in exactly the way that I remember. And it truly, I mean, again, definitely offensive, but like it really goes out of its way to offend everyone. Like everyone is a target, (laughs) um, which I think is funny. And like this movie Mm -hmm. would never be made right now. But one of my favorite lines of this movie is Mm -hmm. uh, like a skeleton coming down the hallway and Cindy's like running, like Anna Ferris is like running away and like screaming. And Brenda, her her friend, is like trying not to see her. Um, and then they like <laughs> come back up, and she's like, "Oh my God, what is it?" And she turns around, sees a skeleton. She's like, <laughs> "Is this what you're afraid of? It's bones!" And I just, I can only think about her <laughs> yelling, <laughs> like, "Why are you afraid of bones?" And it's just so funny. Um, just Obsessed. for that scene alone, the whole movie was worth rewatching. Ab- uh, 
Absolutely. I mean, Regina Hall, like, oh God, is she's just so good. So she's so good. Funny. Yes. <laughs> that is like a staple. Brenda is a staple oh, character. Yes. Like, just for her career <clears throat> and just like horror movie <laughs> catalog in general. Like, absolutely. So good. And now I want to sing Them Bones song just, just because of that. Them Bones, Them Bones. Them Bones. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, well, I, I briefly mentioned this last episode, but I just want to reiterate last call on HBO, the true mm. crime doc about a killer in the 90s that um, he apparently was going to gay bars in New York City and like finding people and offing them. It's a four part series and it is incredible. I think it's an incredible mm-hmm. watch. If you are in a true crime mood, watch Last Call on H uh, on Max. But also, guys, tis the season because I went to my first Spirit Halloween store on today. Ah, Wait, like open? an open one? An open one in Lincoln, Nebraska, guys. There is a hey. Spirit Halloween that is open. That's Shout amazing. Shout out to you, Lincoln. You're, you're, you're doing great. Nebraska, I love you, in the words of Lady Gaga. Um, but it, it on this day, August the 7th, <laughs> A Spirit Halloween was open. Memorialize it. Because I didn't think it would be, but yeah, went in, bought some stuff, and mm. it was yes. a great time. Literally just was excited for the season to start. So if you're a Spirit Halloween, it might be open. You guys check wherever you are. They, so, you could be getting stuff early. So today, I entered some contests on Spirit Halloween's website <laughs> yes. um, to win, like, money or whatnot. But I signed up, and I got a 20% discount. And I went on their site today, and I ordered the Funko that I wanted from them Yay! The I ordered the Sam Funko for 20% off that has the felt <gasps> actual suit oh, um, yeah, that he's yeah. wearing. So mm-hmm. um, I got the discount. I really wanted it. I didn't want to chance it um, to add to my... Um, I have I I collect the Sam Funkos the uh, mm-hmm. um, so um, from Trick or Treat so um, yeah hopefully I'll get uh, I'll get that in the mail and be able to show it to everybody on the YouTube channels. Yes, absolutely. Uh, what a great! I, I can't wait to watch Trick or Treat again during the season because that is definitely now in my rotation of things. It's just so yeah, I'm so, so happy. So good. Yeah, yes. it just doesn't it get you in the spirit. It does immediately. In the spirit Halloween. <laughs> okay. So let's let's do what we came here to do and talk about talk to me. So we need a two minute plot summary. Who's gonna do it, guys? Watch the plot. <laughs> I'm happy to do it, but I know that you just saw it today, right, Nikisha? No, I saw it a couple days ago. And I also did the plot summary for Sinister last time. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. Wow, I just got fully <laughs> shamed. Yeah, well, it was so funny right. because, um, I mean, we have two shows on the weekends, right? But randomly, again, Yay Lincoln, Nebraska had a 10, 10 a.m. showing of Ooh. Talk to Me on Saturday. So I just oh, was damn. like, let me just, let me just get and up and And then you go. had to do Hamilton? And then I did Hamilton. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> a lot, a lot of feelings. It's a, a lot of different emotions happening. Yeah. But I was <clears throat> glad I went. <laughs> All right. Okay. Producer Brian, I have two minutes on the clock 
for you to give us the full plot summary of Talk to Me. Sure. Are you are you ready? Are you prepared? I think so. Are you ready to talk to me? I'm ready to talk to you. <laughs> All right. Ready, set, go. Okay. Um, Talk to Me takes place in Australia. It's about a teenage girl named Mia who is two years removed from losing her mother. Um, And so it's her Remembrance Day. Um, She has a best friend as well as her best friend's little brother. She's really become a part of their family. Um, Always has been, but since the mother passed away, she's really been there for, for, for her. The, the family's been there for her. Um, she has a strained relationship with her father since her mother passed away. They are very um, separate from each other. Um, and uh, so, and Mia's also kind of a little bit of the black sheep around like the group of friends for whatever reason. Um, but one of their friends invites them to a party and um, Mia basically sees that they have this embalmed hand. Um, and when you shake the embalmed hand and say, talk to me essentially you can see um a dead person appears to you and then if you say i let you in the actual um spirit takes over your body but you only have 90 seconds to kind of play around with it then you have to blow out the candle that was lit and let go people are around you to do that so all the friends do this and they're having an amazing time it's kind of like a drug where they just keep going in it's incredible and then the the Mia's friend's little brother wants to do it. He won't let him do it. Um, she won't. The sister won't let him do it. But Mia's like, that's fine. There's a big fight, and then he does it. But he sees Mia's mom, and he stays in there longer than two minutes because things go crazy, and he basically like beats himself to a bloody pulp. He's in the hospital. Mia starts to slowly go a little mad, trying to get in touch with her mom again. She starts hearing voices all around her. She sees her mom. Her mom is kind of taking taking over or something is taking over. She can't, she can't see reality from real life. Um, and uh, they try to save the brother who's still trapped. I'm going to keep going. Who is still trapped um, kind of in the own body. There are a lot of rules about the hand that we'll talk about. Um, um, but in the end, Mia finds out that her mother actually killed herself and the father was kind of helpless and the father was keeping the secret. Mia, in a, in a fit of kind of not knowing what's real and what is um, fake, stabs her father um, and then goes to the hospital and basically abducts um, Riley, the younger brother, and wants to put him out of his misery. Um, and as she's pushing him into the street, and we're going to talk about this moment and what we all thought about this moment, um, she wakes up in the hospital um, and she er, and she sees Riley and the family leaving. She sees her dad leaving the hospital. She's kind of all over the place, doesn't know what's happening. And then all of a sudden the lights flicker and go out and she sees a light in the distance and she goes to it and then she appears in front of somebody else who said talk to me and she died and now she is that entity that they're seeing and then and then the movies the, the guy says i let you in and the movie ends i just got goosebumps just explaining it um i know i so went good. over there's so much more to it like the kangaroo dead kangaroo at the beginning the rules mm-hmm. um there's a whole lot more um f- you know um uh, toe sucking um but uh <laughs> of course that's talk to me that's the plot <laughs> Yes, good job. I feel like great. I feel like Brian well, should continue. <laughs> I know. The <laughs> well, we'll is this now a producer job? What doing the? 
Oh, that's Summary? not even what I was referencing. I was saying you should continue oh. with your likes and gripes first. But do oh, you want oh. it to be a producer job? Well, I'm know. happy to relinquish that over to you. All right. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll take it <laughs> offline. <laughs> we'll table that for right yeah. now. Yeah, we'll, we'll think about that. We'll put we'll, that on we'll the back burner. Well, this is another way to say that. <laughs> Fantastical. Well, yeah, let's get into it. Our first segment of likes and gripes. And now our likes and gripes. Yeah, I guess Brian, if you want to continue on with your your likes and gripes of everything, I mean, there's so so much nuance in this movie. So if you want to continue on talking about that, sure. please feel free. Yeah, I'm happy to. Um, I loved this movie. I'll just straight up talk out loud. Like, I loved this movie. Um, this is my top two horror movies of the year so far. Um, it's a toss-up between this and Evil Dead Rise um, mm, for mm-hmm. different reasons, Why? which is why they can kind of go back and forth. Um, and in third place, our girl, Mithrigan, Megan. Um, <laughs> but like, Mithrigan at number three. Um but I love this movie, and um, there are many reasons why I did. I think it's an exceptionally made movie, and mm-hmm. I think that it is just really well-structured. Um, could I have used 10 more minutes to explain some things? Maybe, but I, I enjoyed kind of the ambiguousness of some of the ending and the middle. Um, it never was slow for me. Also, uh, Jamie and I saw this early. Jamie and I saw this a week before it came out um, at an A24 event. Um, um, shout out so to A24. Shout out to A24 yeah. Letterbox for putting <laughs> that together. Um, and we were there with a group of people um, who were like revving to see this movie. Like, yeah. the energy was super palpable in that room. There were no trailers. It just started the, with the movie. And, you know, you oh, get how that, cool. whole, that whole opening scene um, with the brothers, you know, looking for Cole and then him stabbing himself in the face. Um, uh, like, that just, like, really got us all, like, amped for what we were about to see. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought that this movie was really well acted to start. I thought that... Um, Sophie Wilde, I cannot wait to see her in a thousand million more movies. Mm -hmm. I just thought she knocked this out of the park. You know, even if you, even if you think, I think a lot of the beats of this movie were pretty predictable. Like, you know, you know, she's going to go a little mad, you know this, but like, she did it so naturally and so believably that like, it didn't feel forced. Therefore, I didn't care that I kind of knew it was going to happen in some places. Mm. Um, I love that there was no real exposition to this movie. They kind of just like jump into it. There is a little bit where she's like, it's my mother's, you know, it's my mother's remembrance day. Like, you're going to take me out or, you know, like there is like little pieces of that. But there, I feel like there was there was like that little like rules before they shook the hand the first time. But yes. I like that. Um, I like how funny this movie was. Um I thought that, like, with the kissing of the dog and even the scare and the creepiness of, like, sucking the foot and all of that, like, it kind of blended that comedy and that um, that horror really nicely. Um, I thought the sound design in this was spectacular. I thought that even though it had familiar themes and plots, like grief, like addiction, like with the obsession of bringing somebody back, how to handle grief, um, like, you know, but kind of wasn't looking to handle grief and then it kind of had to, I thought this was a brand new, exciting way to show that. And I appreciated Mm. that. Um, 
I, I, I thought a lot of the plot points were fascinating, and we can get more into that a little bit later. But one of the ideas that I loved was that it was a. Gr- they talk in the movie about how if you go over ninety seconds, which Mia does and then Riley does, like yes. it kind of stays with you. But Riley went over for like um like almost up to two minutes, where she only went over by a couple of seconds. So he immediately gets more possessed and incapacitated than she does. And they talk about how the ghosts inside of you, the possessors, try to get you to kill yourself so you can kind. They can kind of like take you over. And I like that. Because Riley was put into a coma um, on purpose, that he wasn't trying to kill himself. Therefore, they make that comment where, like, the longer you wait it out, the more they dissipate. Yeah. And and I like that that was kind of worked into it, even though he wakes up every once in a while and then he tries to kill himself. But I think it's like those are very intense moments. Um, I liked all of that. Um, I like at the end that the mom believes the daughter right off the bat. Like, like mm-hmm. when she's like, you have to be careful. Like, but what are you talking about? Like, no, like, get him out of there or whatever it is. Um, I like, even though you kind of knew when Riley sits down and shakes the hand, he's going to see her mom. Mm. It was still so well acted for me that, like, it didn't matter. Like, Riley seeing her and, like, having that recognition and not knowing what to do. Mia knowing what he sees but still asking what he sees. I also like that when Mia does the hand for the first time with Riley there, Riley, she says something about the man standing behind you and he'll get you. And like in the end, it's like that man that kind of took over his body that Mia could see. Um, I needed close captions for a little bit because I, I took me a while. Because the accents. To, it yeah. took me a while. I didn't really, I forgot that this was going to be Australian. I just wasn't ready for it. You Jackman. You Jackman. Didgeridoo. Australian. Didgeridoo. Yeah. Accent. Um, Obsessed. <laughs> I love that she dreamed that the comment about dreaming that she can't see her own reflection and then it can't comes true in the hospital. Um, yes. I also want to talk more about what you think that hospital scene at the end meant. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that her mother tries to convince her to push Riley into the road at the end. Um, I well, like I have a question that, about yeah. that. Sorry, since you brought that up. So are we to really are we to believe that that was really her mom and not like a demon disguised as her mom trying to, because I mean, I know in, in the beginning, like when she does see her mom and her mom warns Mia of like the father not being the father and it being like a demon. And so you're like, okay, she's on her side, but to go to the extreme of being like, put Riley out of his misery. Like, do you think that it still came from like her mom? I don't. I don't. Yeah. Um, Because there's a a com. Wasn't there a comment about like that they that they're not always honest and they try to trick you? Yes. Right. Okay. So I just assumed that like either that wasn't really her or like you know once Mm -hmm. once they've gone beyond that like you know all hell breaks loose for lack of a better word then everything is just like. Yeah. Okay. I just wanted to make sure because at first I was like, well, at the beginning it does seem like the spirit that looks like her mom is like trying to help her or comfort her in whatever case that may Mm -hmm. be. But Mm -hmm. then at the end it's like, oh wait, is that just like a demon that's you know pretending? I think that was like intentional to mess with her. Yeah. Um, And then the last things I'll mention is some of the images in this movie are just absolutely gorgeous. And the one I think about is at the end where. 
it's the, her silhouette of her face with the light behind her at the very end before she sees the candlelight. Like, mm. I thought that was incredible. Um, I think this movie treats the audience with a great deal of respect. Um, I think that it, it, it doesn't feel like a boomer or a Gen Zer, right? Excuse me, a boomer or like a millennial writing for Gen Z. It feels, even though it, like it feels, it it feels very lived in and real, even if that's not the case. Um, mm-hmm. I loved the kangaroo at the beginning because yes. a lot of movies just put in like dead animals at the beginning or they hit them dead animals with a car just to convey like, you don't know what's coming. Like just put to put you at ease, like um, to not to pull, excuse me, to not put you at ease, to pull you out of that comfort level. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like in this movie that it actually came back thematically. Like, could she put something out of its misery? Um, and whether she's able to or not. And, and I, and we'll talk more about that in the end as well. Um, and then the last thing that I will mention in terms of, um, my, my, like likes with this movie is Mia starts this movie wearing yellow clothes. Everyone mm-hmm. around her is kind of in like black and white or blues or grays. She's the one that stands out with that vibrant color. As she goes a little crazier, her yellow gets more faded in the clothes that she wears, and she mm. just ends up in that white tank top and, like, black pants. Um, so it's almost like you're watching the life get drained out of her, um, and I thought that that was just a really great production choice. Um, and again, we'll talk about the end sequence, but, like, I really like that, like, she sees the dad leaving, her friends leaving, the people the living can't see her, and mm-hmm. all of that, which I think is fascinating. Um, and then I really only had two gripes with this movie on first viewing. The first one is that the end is a little fast. It, it kind of like goes from zero to 60 in the last like 10, 15 minutes. I imagine, I believe that there's supposed to be like a 20-minute extra cut of this movie that may fill mm-hmm. some of that in. Um, mm. I don't think I, it felt, it felt, it felt fast while watching it in the moment, but now thinking back to it, I got enough information to keep me thinking about this movie for a while. So yeah. I'm kind of torn on that being a gripe or a like, but mm. I put it in the gripes just cause. And I, 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 the one real gripe I have with this movie is I didn't like the editing of her killing her father's sequence. Mm. Mm. I think that that sequence was too predictable. Um, you, you like, I think it could have been edited in a way that it's a surprise that that was her father, but like with her father banging on the door, them showing the scissor on the floor, you knowing how horror movies work, you just knew that the dad was going to burst in. She was going to stab and be like, Oh no, what did I do? Because she thought it was the mother. Like you knew that was going to happen while it was still like intense and scary. I actually think that undercut a lot of the tension of that sequence. And Mm -hmm. I think, I think us seeing it from her perspective, perspective the whole time would be a little bit more um effective as an audience member um that's however fair. um that's that's my that's my biggest uh gripe uh about that but i will stop there i'll open it up for 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 whomever wants to go next but i i really enjoyed this movie quite a bit yeah well i, I do want to piggyback on your comment about the animals because you're so right in the fact that when people when when scenes like that show up of people like running over an animal or whatever the case may be it's it has nothing to do with it but what 
made me think of a movie that also incorporates that really well is Get Out because that yeah. actually has a thematic connection and yes. it wasn't just like a jump scare, you know, mm-hmm. as opposed to what was it, all the deer and what the ring too. Yeah. <laughs> that like came out of nowhere. <laughs> um, but this, it, it worked. I liked how they worked that back in, especially with the, the phrase of putting it out of its misery and then her not being able to do it both times. Um, a lot of things that you liked about the movie, Brian, I liked as well. So I don't have that much extra to say. Um, the opening, I loved that it just set up everything so well of what we were kind of in for um, without without giving too much information at the, at the beginning. Um, I... Really, I mean, we love rules here, and I really loved how clear love the process rules. was. Yes, <laughs> of like, this is what you have to do, this is what you have to say, and here is the time limit. Otherwise, this is the consequence. Great. I don't need to know anything else um, outside of those right. things. Totally. One of my favorite scenes um, in this movie was the montage of all of the friends going with uh, having a turn at the hand. Mm-hmm. I just thought that that was beautifully shot. I also just really enjoyed um, the idea that the, the, the concept of this in general, of the hand in general, and these kids having access to the hand, however they have access to the hand, um, because it really kind of shows like teens being a little bit desensitized to things because yeah. to think like in nineties or like previous movies to see a ghost or anything in general would be so jarring that you would be like, all right, I I'm done with this. But the fact that it was just kind of, it was a game to them mm-hmm. and that, that it was something that they weren't thinking would lead to any dire consequence. Cause this is something that they're just doing on a random Saturday night. And they were filming it. Like they were putting and it on the internet. It, it wasn't yeah. like, you know, like a, like a private seance. Like it was just like, right. it was just a part of their everyday like being. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I thought that that was just a really cool concept that what sometimes the horror genre takes as like, this is the horror. They were just kind of like, this is what we do. <laughs> like, this is our thing. Mm-hmm. And we're inviting people to this, you know, um, little seance thing. You can believe it or not, but you know, this is what we're doing. So I just really enjoyed that concept of that not sure. really being the scary, uh, thing. Um, I also love the, 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 dream sequence and the foot sucking sequence, mostly because that was a really good setup into um, really revving up. Okay. Now we don't know what is real and what is not. And so now you can't Mm -hmm. believe everything else um, that is going to happen after this, because in this moment, now we know like what is real, what is not the audience doesn't know. She doesn't know. So it's going to be a surprise, whatever happens, Hmm. Brian, I will have to, I understand your gripe about the dad sequence, but I really enjoyed it. I, even my mind didn't think, oh, she's going to kill him. I mean, it's obvious that that is, you know, going to happen. But I don't in that moment, I wasn't anticipating it. So I enjoyed it, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I already asked a question about the mom and the demon. Blah, 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 so wh- while you're this. looking for yes. your next point, um, um, something that I wanted to say also about kind of um, the friend group, I really like that the boyfriend was kind of this religious character who, mm-hmm. like, was very, like, 
straight arrow, didn't want to, like, do anything outside of what he was comfortable with. I actually think that added to a lot of the one added to the tension of should Riley do it? Should the girlfriend do it? Like all of that Mm. stuff. I also think it really added to the tension of like, this is normal. And this is like, like the fact that you mentioned, like they're just doing this on a Saturday night. It's not yeah. like drugs or anything like that, where like he might be like, oh no, like this was a, this was this this what would you consider potentially a conservative person was still doing this, and I think that added to that feeling of that, and then also it added a fascinating dynamic to, if we'll call it for the, for, you know, for just all purposes, like the love triangle of those three characters, mm-hmm. um, him being like him having those ideals was fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I do want to go back to a point, Brian, that you made about the, the comedy aspect of it, because I really think that Riley and Jade's mom was a really great comedic relief in her just like asking Mm -hmm. or trying to like trick the kids into uh, like asking them if what they're going to do tonight or being like, I know there's a party. Where's the party at? Let me know, you know? And then them being like, we don't know what you're talking about, mom. Like there's no party. There's nothing happening, you know? So I thought that, um, that was really good. And relief. that was a good juxtaposition between how her, how their mom interacted with them versus mm-hmm. like the continual, um, phone calls with the dad. And like, I mean like the, the rejected phone calls also yeah. one of my favorite moments in this movie is when Mia is washing the dishes um, and her dad is blurry in the background and she's clear in the foreground, but she yes. keeps not being able to hear him to mm-hmm. symbolize just how far apart they are. I thought yeah. that was absolutely well, so well done. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. That's pretty much my life. And I agree with you, uh, Brian, about the ending being a little fast because I would have liked to have had a clearer sense of um, at least how Riley got saved and Mia getting run over um because it just i don't know i we get to the point where she's where mia is like wheeling riley out and then it's like stops and it's like well how does she get into the street like how did riley get saved like i would have liked to have seen that just to get a little bit more um clarity like the 20 seconds it would have taken to be like oh did riley think that she was or sorry mia think that she was pushing riley but like walked out into the scene herself and got hit by the car. I just would have liked to have seen a little bit more of that. So, um, to your point about it kind of being fast, uh, in the, in the last couple of sequences. But other than that, I think this was a genius concept and I really enjoyed my time. I thought that all of the things that were supposed to be gruesome and gory were gruesome and gory, especially when Riley was trying to pluck his eye out. That was just so, so, I did not expect this movie to be as gory as it ended up being. Yes. And Jamie and I gasped during the sequence where Riley. I think I squeezed Riley... Brian's hand the entire movie, and like, yeah, I was like, "You are you okay? Did I break your hand? <laughs> are you good?" Yes, I thought that was like. I mean, I, I love a good a good gore out of nowhere. And I think that it was just the perfect amount for this Mm -hmm. movie, um, to where it wasn't overkill and, uh, it, it added to the story. It wasn't something that was just kind of out of the blue. I think that it was, uh, put in very well. And I think this movie balanced humor, gore, tension, and just unease in general. Really? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Those are my likes and gripes. Jamie. I, 
also agree with all of you. I think that this, this was just a really good movie. I was really looking forward to it and all of my expectations were met. Like it, it totally delivered on what I wanted and what I thought it would be. Maybe there was like a little bit of over hype when it came to like, this is the scariest movie you've ever seen in your life. Like, yeah, I feel like there was a lot of that, (laughs) but I mean, I do think that it was genuinely terrifying in moments. And like, Mm -hmm. it also just was, I think like everything that you're describing like is it, it there's something very refreshing about this movie even though like I know I complained maybe like <laughs> two weeks ago or two recordings ago that I was like I'm done <laughs> not done but like I'm so tired <laughs> of you know the elevated horror with like grief being used but like shut that version of me up I, I'll take this like this <laughs> yeah. was great yeah. but this was done very like exceptionally well that's and, what like, I was gonna say it's yeah different. like I think yeah. there's a difference when because again like it's I, I imagine you know because this is becoming the norm of of the horror genre that now different ideas have to really stand out but like this one really stood out for like all the right reasons um I'm trying to even think of things that like haven't already been said but um I wanted to say that Brian you mentioned the sound design but you did not mention the slap the slap when she slaps herself in the face like as like a as just like a kind of get your shit together it's Mm -hmm. so jarringly loud that that was a jump scare for me in the movie Mm -hmm. um it just like I just wasn't expecting her to like treat herself like that in that moment but like yeah it just oh my god I like felt it like in my butt it was so it (laughs) it was terrifying totally Um, but uh yeah I also like this definitely I don't even know like what else I want to say about this movie. I I love just how believable despite like, you know, what it's about, but like it does feel really believable in terms of how how young people are getting together and like interacting with one another. There's still themes that are coming up like, you know, from movies that we were talking about in the beginning in terms of like when you see teens in movies and how they're treating each other. And like, Mm -hmm. there's a little bit of like shit talking in the beginning, but as soon as, as soon as Mia starts to like lean into the experience with everyone else, it's like, there's this peer pressure element. Like it feels like a teen movie. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, That's true. But then it like obviously like splits the script and goes back to, horror again but like that that felt very like nostalgia like that feels like dazed and confused it feels like Mm. like all these other movies where you get that that you know like young people coming together to like party vibe um Mm -hmm. but then it like you know goes into something totally different and it feels like it's it's kind of shocking um again like the ripping the eye out and like knowing that he had seen the corner of the table, Riley, and was like getting ready to smash his whole face into the corner of the oh. table. And then his sister it's, just like mm-hmm. puts her hand out instinctively so quickly, but mm. then they still make contact. It was like, I was like, oh, she just like broke the fuck out of her hand. He has got to be unconscious at this point, like hopefully. Um, but like the, yeah, that contact was like, I was like, Oh my God, this is like all terrible. Yeah. Um, but like, again, I'm just like, gimme, gimme. I want, I want yeah, it. I want absolutely. more. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But I also, I'm torn with the, with the dad stabbing scene. Cause I also think like, I think if it was edited slightly differently, it would have been more of a shock. I think I want, I think because there were already like two big shocking things to me between like the slap and like the Riley scene, I was expecting another like kind of same degree of like intensity. And, and yes, I don't think yeah. that that delivered in the same way, even though I still was like, Ugh. I was like cringing in that moment. I was like, don't do it, girl. Like, get, get it together. Get it together. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it's also like really fascinating. I don't know if it's a gripe necessarily, but I think it kind of goes into my skulls score a little bit where like, she's so overcome by grief that she's having a hard time not only being a, be, uh, being unable to differentiate between what's reality and what is not, but more mm-hmm. so that she doesn't realize that she's being manipulated. And that mm-hmm. I feel like is a little bit surprising, but again, I'm, 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 that's me speaking as a person who like has, isn't go experiencing grief has not like lost their mother. And so like, I can't speak to if I would be able to pick up on all of that, but I do feel like sure. I, there's like a point where it's just like, you know, why are you not kind of scrutinizing this a little bit more? It, it all seems a little too convenient, mostly with the like when her mom is like, we'll take care of Riley and like like at the end, which I think I yeah. guess, mm-hmm. you know, also speaks to like why the end happens the way it does. But like she does also see that horrifying scene of Riley in like the underworld, which right. is also oh. like very terrifying. That yes. was that was uh, th- th- the slap, Riley beating himself up, like 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 hurting himself, and that quick shot of like Riley being like caressed and mutilated. It was like, like it was ripped like apart. It was like mm-hmm. sexy and horrifying all at the same time. Like <laughs> it looked like a demon orgy, but it also was like yeah, very violent like and orgy. brutal. It was like yeah. Matrix orgy. Yeah, whoa, whoa. Let's not let's not Mm-mm. compare anything. No, to that. it's just like this. Matrix like orgy. it was like writhing bodies, but like with the intention yeah. of like trying to like get inside like, of him. Rip him apart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah like were absolutely. they trying to take a piece for themselves, or were they trying to all get inside of him? I, I mean, it looked like or both. both. Question. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that really got me too. Something else that I didn't mention before that I do want to talk about is I was, re- and maybe I'm totally wrong, but it seemed like they used practical effects for the kangaroo, the like dying kangaroo yeah. as opposed to CG. Um, and I really appreciated that. I feel like when you use CG in instances like this, it's just not believable. Um, mm-hmm. And I appreciated that. Or it's just I feel spectacular like most of CG. this, most of this, I feel like was done practically. Like there I'm wasn't, glad. there wasn't yeah. like a lot of, at least that I know this, I could be wrong, but like, I think, um, I think that's something that the, the filmmakers, like that's part of their thing. I, so after we watched this, I was like Googling them cause I had never watched them on YouTube. I think their YouTube channel name is Raka Raka. Um, okay. And so I was just like, I was looking at some of their videos. They're all like very silly and like kind of They're absurd, wild. but they have like wild effects in them. Um, oh. So it's funny that like, I, I mean, it's not funny. Like they're obviously very talented and skilled. And so like, it's, it is really incredible that like, you know, they, they have these talents and then like applied them in, in this. So I just, I appreciate like their perspective and the way that they're, that they 
per, like do things. And I, I'm, I'm excited for like whatever future things they continue to make. Cause like, obviously this yeah. was yeah. just so successful and like, <sighs> oh, they yeah. really, and, and some of the things that like I saw in some interviews was that they had turned down some other like larger studios because of the feedback or like not the feedback, but the, um, the changes and stuff that, the yeah. studios had wanted them to make, um, including uh, casting somebody else other than Sophie Wilde. And they were like, oh. no, like we're not compromising on that. So like that's yeah. that's why they didn't get picked up until they got picked up by A24. But like I'm, again, very glad that they stuck to their guns and like, you know, they they knew what they wanted and they like had a vision and then they yes. were very patient to to like collaborate with somebody or a studio that was going to align with their vision and like all of that to say I really enjoyed this movie. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's so great too and also like give other <laughs> actors and actresses a chance, yeah. you know, to to shine because you just never know and it, and it I mean she was definitely effective so yeah. yeah, and like you don't say? always you don't always need a big name to effectively market a movie because this movie right. I think has been very effectively marketed. Like yes. you know, like A twenty four. I mean, A twenty four also knows what they're doing. Um, yes. but again, it's like yeah, you can like you don't have to rely on certain tricks of the trade in order for people to go see your movie. Also, again, horror movies make money, and I don't know why studios like seem to forget this like consistent piece of data across like all like it always they always make money like yes make more horror it will always make money you have an audience a built-in audience just say it's horror it's it's, take my money i want horror take Take my money money. (laughs) yes me at Spirit Halloween. Take all my money. <laughs> Do you have a Spirit Halloween credit card that I can sign yeah. up for? You know, just put some uh, stuff on layaway so when I'm off the road, I can have yeah. my decorations for my house. <laughs> oh, my God. Fantastical. Okay. Well, yes. Is that all everyone has to say about their likes and gripes before we move on? Um, for now, I'm sure yes. stuff will come out. But yeah. I, before we get to brains, I do want to ask two major questions to everybody. Yeah. Major question. Major questions. Um, what do you think happened in the car um, pushing scene at the end? Mm. And what do you think the hospital meant at the end? Mm. Because Jamie and I have had multiple conversations with different people, and everyone had a very different interpretation, which was very surprising to me. So yeah. I'm, I'm interested to hear what you think your interpretation is, and then I'd love to break down like what it also mean. So with the hospital scene, to me, it just felt like her having just an outer body experience of like moving through her own sense of purgatory, but like seeing that people have uh, like, obviously Riley got better and he, you know, has moved on and, you know, famously like timing in the purgatory world, like is different than like real life timing. So I think like all of her realizing and all the stuff like that was just like her famously, famously (laughs) it's different. It's not going to be the same. You're in purgatory, you know, you think you're out for like a second and you're out for like, you know, however long. Um, Cause you're in the, what is it? The, the, the further into the further worlds. So yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. 
<laughs> Into the unknown. Um, I was but the thinking <laughs> the same exact thing. Like, Wait, does 100%. anybody else, whenever they hear talk to me, they think, talk to me, tell me your name. No, I Ricky don't Martin. know that song. Ricky Martin. I do know. I do know that song, but that's not what I think about. Oh, okay. Wait, what do you think about? Um, talk to me from Bye Bye Birdie. Don't know that either. Oh, Dang. Talk to me, baby. Won't you talk to me? Got it. <laughs> I'm a terrible musical theater person. Revoke my <laughs> card, my putty card. Uh, <laughs> yes. So yeah, I. But the you said what the other what the other one was the the like car at, scene? What ha- in the road in the road yeah yeah that's what I want to know I can't even think about what could have been like a reasonable explanation as to what happened like I don't know you guys tell me like I that's what I needed from the film Jimmy mm. to what tell did you me think? what that was um what I think happened at the end oh yeah all, all, with the push the, <clears throat> the push we'll call it the push in the hospital. Okay. So I think that I think that she made a conscious decision not to push Riley in, but at that point it was too late, and her friend did push her into traffic. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can also see a world where maybe she like threw herself, perhaps realizing that like this wasn't going to stop until like she ended things herself just yeah. like the kangaroo thing it's like mm-hmm. she wasn't gonna end riley's life she'll just end her life but i yeah. i agree with you jamie on the push the friend push thing yeah especially because like i think she also has a very complicated relationship with death anyway as a result of her mom's suicide and like mm-hmm. learning that her mom commits suicide um but Fair. so yeah so i i think she was pushed and then in the hospital scene i mean i think Like, I don't know, maybe it's purgatory. I think also, like, time is just moving very rapidly in that moment. So I think she's, Mm -hmm. like, seeing what's happening around her, like, at a much faster trajectory of, like, Riley getting better. They're getting discharged from the hospital. Her dad wasn't actually killed. Um, Like, he survived the stabbing. And so, like, he recovered and then is, like, also being discharged from the hospital. No, that's fair. Um, what did you think, Brian? Sure. So I think that all these could be totally right. Like, I don't know if the, like I, I haven't seen any interviews with them to if they ever explained it, which I'm not looking for. That doesn't interest me. Um, yeah. But so I think that. The push, she's bringing her down. The mother is whispering in her ear, like, do it, put him out of his misery. We'll take care of him. Well, whatever it is. She sees the old man in the chair. You know, she, he, she's there. And then there's a sh- and then the sister, the sister, um, the friend Jade is there, like running down the hill, running down the hill, and like, um, and so, but there's a shot, a specific shot, of Mia taking her hands off of the um, wheelchair, wheelchair and the wheelchair mm-hmm. not moving. So I personally think that Mia made the executive decision for herself that like the kangaroo, she couldn't put Riley out of his misery. She couldn't do it. So that leaves you with two options. She throws herself into the road, whether it's a conscious decision because she just needs to stop this and put everyone else out of their misery by putting herself out of her misery, or like Riley was experiencing, the ghost kind of possessed her to throw herself in the road because they wanted her to die so that they can kind of take her body for themselves. 
the other option is that the friend actually pushes her into the road, um, which is a little bit more tragic in some ways because she made the conscious decision to like not kill the brother, and then the friend pushes her in. But what kind of life would she have would she have had after that? You mm-hmm. know, like in, in right. general. So I think it's one of those two things. But I personally like that it cuts to the inside of the car, and you kind of are jarring and don't know what happened. Um, then the hospital scene. When I first watched the movie, I definitely thought what Jamie said, that time just moves differently and, you know, we're in the future where the father has survived because when Jade was at the house, she still felt a pulse and saw that the father was still breathing. Mm -hmm. So maybe the father survived and was being discharged at the same time that Riley got better because, as they mentioned, the longer that Riley, like, like, kept going out, the more... the longer that he was like out of it and like wasn't trying to kill himself, the more that the ghosts would kind of like go away. Um, so maybe that's that aspect of it too. Um, also, our friend Kevin had this very interesting um, Kevin Broadway Broadway said. Um, Kevin had this interesting theory where the dad was going into the elevator because he died and he was being taken to heaven or wherever you go through that elevator Mm. and the friends were leaving through the door. So she was in this crossroads of Mm. life and like death. And so she was in this place, like kind of like amongst them. I love that. This movie is about shaking hands. This movie is about connections between people, like literal connections where she's shaking hands with the 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 hand or real life connections in terms of with her father, with everyone. So I love the first thing that makes her realize that something is wrong is that her fingers are all bent out of shape. I really mm-hmm. like that. Um, you know, maybe she's there among the living and among the dead, like almost like a tease to her because she can't like actually, you know, touch people or be with people or even see herself in the mirror. So I think that all of those are viable, interesting options, which make to me makes the ending even more interesting that it is a little bit, um, uh, holy so that you can fill it in yourself if you will. Um, (laughs) but I think both of you are right. You know what I mean? Like I think everyone in this conversation is correct. A little holy. <laughs> yeah, it's a little holy. Filling, a little holy. Yeah, filling, filling yourself. yourself. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, I, and I, I, the last shot um, is great with the candle. I also mm. like in this. I've something I've uh, forgot to mention. I like in the second half of the movie. They think they could fix everything by like holding the candle, then blowing yeah. it out. Like mm-hmm. I kind of like that because it was. It just showed how at the end of their rope they were, but they still believed in the hand, if you will. Um, but yeah, um, I'm just curious of how you th- how you thought the ending was, and uh, that was a good mm-hmm. conversation. Was I, I like hearing what you thought? Yeah, that is a, a good um, way to see it. That it can be interpreted in a million different ways, but it still, even without it, it all still makes sense, and you're still invested in what's happening. And then mm-hmm. having the final shot of her at the end of the hand is just always golden. So, yeah, uh, fantastic. Well, let's move we to our next. We should give this section. movie a hand. Oh. Just one hand. One mm. hand. However, they bent it for the A24. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yes. The oh, yeah. yeah. I, I had a lot of fun doing that, but now I... Oh, it was yeah. a fun time. You can like, see us on... Yeah, oh, for on the YouTube, 24. you can see uh, it's backwards. But yeah. it's backwards. <laughs> Here's a two. Here's your two. Got it. Yay. Jamie did it. Hand for Jamie. <laughs> Let's give her a hand. Give her a hand. Fantastical. Well, let's get into our next section, which is mm, brains. 
tasty, mm. tasty. Delicious. So, <laughs> delicious. So we you sounded Australian lot. for a second. Sorry. I did? Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> you know. Or nar. Nar. That's it. <laughs> that is a constant I'm thing. I'm surprised that it's that taken. How said. long has this recording been so far? And it took for like us like that an long. hour. <laughs> Razor blades. Nobody said nar. Nar, razor blades. <laughs> I have to say, and I uh, wish I have um, one of the stage managers in Hamilton has a fantastic Australian accent that yeah, he brings out every now and then. And it's it's a very tough accent, but he does it such justice. So in all that, we always are just saying nar to each other all the time. So. Nar. Nar. <laughs> okay, well, we're talking about brains, mm, brains now. Mm. So we briefly discussed grief um, and just how this movie executes it very well. So I just have a question about grief in general and why do you think some people believe that doing something seemingly unsafe is a good coping mechanism for grief? In this instance, Mia specifically wants to go and do this thing with her friends with a hand because it's her mother's remembrance and she kind of wants to do this to forget about it, you know, and just have something that's a different experience. And it just made me think about when people just do things that might not be safer that they might not have done otherwise because they're dealing with grief. So can you just kind of talk about why that might be? Yeah. I mean, I also think for her specifically maybe Mm -hmm. it wasn't about a distraction maybe she like hoped that she would actually see her mom Um, oh that's fair yes but I also like one thing that it makes me think of is like there's there's like so many different reactions and responses to grief and grief doesn't have a timeline um Mm -hmm. so I also wondered like is there a world where you know she is engaging in like more reckless behavior because like her, the way that she's like responding to the loss of her mom, she's like feeling like, well, what's the point of like living kind of thoughts? Like maybe Mm. not, maybe not like suicidal thoughts of like wanting to die, but like more passively being like, well, I don't really care about like the value of my life kind of thing. And so like doing increasingly risky things as a result. And that's not like, again, like there's so many different responses to grief. This is just like one interpretation. Um, yeah. Like, you know, there's, there's all kinds of other like reactions that people have, like crying and not crying, um, anger, um, you know, like relief, wh- whatever, like there's no wrong way to feel. Um, mm-hmm. but or like, to eat that's, what? <laughs> There's no wrong way to eat a Reese's. Is that a thing? It oh, is a yeah. thing. Yeah, oh, I've never their, heard that before. They used to have those commercials like, yes. in the early 2000s, like, there's no wrong way to eat a Reese's. And, like, it would be like Dracula, like, putting two, like, teeth in it or, like, mm-hmm. you know. Anyway, that was. Yes. I'm well, with you. I, mean, I remember You probably those. don't want to eat it with the wrapper. That seems like the wrong way to eat it, so. I, I, Very fair. Possibly, yeah. Maybe like, so. The commercial was wrong. That, that <laughs> <laughs> yes, but yes, Jamie, keep going with your. <laughs> no, that's it. That's all I that's have. <laughs> <laughs> My brain really short circuited with your Reese's uh, ad. 
Which, and this is going to be so random. That just reminded me of when I was younger, the way I used to eat a Reese's was to push the middle part outside of the Reese's. Oh, really? Eat it and then have like, it looks like a little, do- like a little donut because there was a hole and then I would eat the, the rest I of it. I love that. So I just like eat oh, the, the most peanut butter part first out of the middle and then. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I used Crazy to, um, I used to bite the top off and then eat the peanut butter out and then eat the. The rest um, of it? The chocolate. There's no wrong way mm. to eat a Reese's. There's no mm. wrong way. <laughs> Except for the wrapper. Don't eat the wrapper. As we now know. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, um, in you talking about that, uh, Jamie, just about how she's dealing with the grief, it made me think about, oh, well, does it have to do with her kind of not knowing how her mother died? And is that like kind of a, a way that... She, um, causes her to uh, deal with her grief in a different way, which leads me to Brian had a question about that, like not knowing like what happened with her mom because of the dad not saying that. Can you ask that question, Brian, please? Oh, yeah. Just curious. Like, I want to talk a little bit about like withholding information from people and how that you one person may think that that information is helping the other person or the lack of that information is helping versus what it's actually doing. Obviously, it's very contextual, um, but was curious about that. Also, how that information butts up against your expectations versus reality, because she was clearly missing all of the signals of depression where her dad probably wasn't because her memory of her mother is this happy go lucky person. Right. Um, So that's that's more of a amalgamation of thoughts that I'd love to discuss. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for one, like someone can present as a happy person and still be like severely depressed or anxious. Sure, sure. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, As Mm -hmm. like, I think folks encounter that in a lot of ways, like not only personally, but I think also like with celebrities and things like that. And, and, you know, it's disclosed that like somebody commits suicide, but like they otherwise had presented as like, a happy, like comedic personality Mm -hmm. and things like that. And it really shocks people. And I think reinforces this idea that like, Oh, that like this, something about this doesn't make sense. Um, that like people who are chronically depressed have to like look depressed, look sad. Right. Like Like there's only one way to be depressed, which is not true. So, um, so I think like that's, that's interesting just because like, her perception of her mom might not align with like the reality of what happened to her mom. Um, mm-hmm. She's also like a young person. So like, how is that influencing her? Like her brain's not fully formed yet. So like her perception of things could also be skewed because of that. Um, but ultimately, like in terms of your question about like, it, you know, is it, whether we think about this decision to withhold information, like that's a really hard question. Again, I'm not a parent. Um, so I don't yet know what it's like for like to have to communicate something to my child that like is a really difficult conversation, but also concept to explain. And also like the child is going through their own like significant mental health crisis. So like mm-hmm. what to say, when to say it, all of that stuff. Also, like the father himself is also going through this grief. He's, at, we're to assume, feeling awful and guilty for like not being quick enough and, and mm-hmm. feeling like he didn't intervene and like didn't do enough. So yeah. like 
he's probably stuck in his own shit as well. And I think that's part of what like continues to feed into this divide between the two of them. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, that's, that's just really hard and really sad. And like, I don't know if they ever kind of address whether or not they were in individual therapy or like family therapy together. Mm -hmm. Um, But like, I think that there's a lot of value in like, you know, A, talk to a therapist about how to communicate this to your child. B, like, is there a way to do this in like family therapy in a way? And I say this also, like, I'm not a family therapist, so this could be like maybe a bad suggestion, but like a thought is like, is there value in having the family therapist present like for this conversation so that like, you know, there's support for both of them in that space. Yeah. Yeah. If, if like having, if revealing this information. Um, so yeah, I like personally as not a therapist, I don't like the idea of, of keeping, of withholding this information. Um, I just feel like it, there's something like in the way that she's not able to grieve that, um, she has just like an entirely different perception of the situation and what it was it like two years had passed and then learning this new information that's like, that then fundamentally changes what you believe just feels like not a very thoughtful move. But again, it's like, I don't think that he was thinking about things super thoughtfully. Mm -hmm. He was dealing with his own shit um, and probably thought it was for the best to to then take the brunt of all of that because now he is like the enemy, so to speak. Like she's also pissed at her dad for not doing enough and like blames her dad. So like there's so much within this relationship dynamic that like connects back to the grief, but like, Mm -hmm. you know, getting this information obviously at this time because of all the spooky things isn't great. But like, I think even without the spooky elements, this would have been just like such a huge blow to their relationship, a betrayal. Mm -hmm. Like that's like so much trust that's lost and broken in, in, in like such an intense reveal at such a later point that I feel like, I don't know. Uh, personally, I was like, oh, I wish that this wasn't happening right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that leads me to another just random question, because, of course, Mia is old enough to be able to receive the, that information that her mother was depressed and that's what caused her to commit suicide. Like she under, she's old enough to understand those concepts, right, of, of like mental health. So sure. But then that makes me think of like if she if it was a younger person, you know, like are there books that are out there that talk about mental health in a way that like a child could understand it? Or like do you th- or do you think like if 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 do you think there is an age limit like they are too young, mm-hmm. maybe I'll tell them when they get older and they can understand the concept of mental health, <clears throat> so like now I'll keep this from them at an earlier age until they're able to really understand what happened? Like, I, how do you feel about that? For one, there's definitely books that talk about like a lot of like, you know, quote, serious topics, but Mm -hmm. in a way where like a child can understand it. But Mm -hmm. I think of it more of like, can you, can you in a, in a way that like both a child would understand and that you're not like traumatizing them, can you relay information in like a sensitive, like developmentally appropriate way? But like, 
you keep the door open to revisit this conversation at a later point where like mm, they have mm-hmm. a greater understanding of like death and loss and grief. But like, you know, it's not like very young children don't experience loss. How do you explain right. to a very young child, like if it is like a close family member or even like a grandparent, like, you know, like I lost my grandparents when I was a kid. So Mm-hmm. And I can't, I honestly can't remember like what that conversation looked like, but I do remember going to my grandmother's funeral when I was like, mm-hmm. definitely, I had to have been like under eight years old. Like, I think I was pretty young, but like, I remember yeah. it. So like, I know that somebody had to talk to me about that and like explain to me what that situation was and like being physically present for that. Right. I can't remember like, you know, what that conversation looked like, but like, that was my first encounter with death as a, as a very young child. Um, Mm -hmm. like I never had a pet growing up. So like that wasn't a conversation that I had around like, Oh, your goldfish is dead. Like, yeah, it's going to goldfish heaven or like whatever, whatever the ways that people like explain these things. But like, you know, like that's, that's, that type of situation is like why I think about like, Oh, how would you communicate this in a way that like makes sense based on like, you know, the age that they're at, what concepts they can understand. Mm-hmm. Because right. like even the idea of someone like not returning for like a very young child, I feel like that's really confusing. And like, mm-hmm. how are you explaining that concept to a child where it's like, no, like, you know, mommy's been here every day and like now she's just not here. Like I don't, what? Like that doesn't, right. I, I, they wouldn't even communicate it in that way. I, that's how I'm communicating it. As sure. like a something year old. But like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just like, I feel like that's a really hard thing Again, like for like developmentally, like, I mean, I think at, at talking age, they probably have more of an understanding of like, you know, you know, in like babies when you do like hide and seek and like, yes. they're the, or, or peekaboo rather. And it's like, oh, like if you're not there, they like think you're gone. Like that, yes. that concept, like at, at a certain point, like kids are then able to understand, like, even if you're like, <laughs> they could see that you're physically present. So like, I yes. feel like it's like continuing to add on to that. And like these concepts that continue to grow more abstract over time. Um, so like, it's how like do you object permanence? Yeah, exactly. That's, it. That's the Thank phrase. You. Yes. Gra- yeah. Yes. Brian, you've earned your therapist hat. Yes. Yeah, I was like, I know no... there's a phrase and I've heard the phrase yeah, before. I, That's it. Yes. I couldn't even think <laughs> yeah. of it anyway. There's but no I was, wrong yeah. way to be a therapist. <laughs> <laughs> that <laughs> is also not true. <laughs> not um, at all. <laughs> but yeah, long story short, uh, I do, I think that like, you know, you, I think it's important to have these conversations because also Mm -hmm. like it's important for kids to have a space to like process these things. Like it's going to impact them. Right. So like better to, better to figure out like how to have the conversation and get the support that you need as like the adult relaying this information and potentially also offering support to your child so that they can process it in like healthy ways. Yeah. That makes sense. And I like the phrase that you use, like leaving the door open, because like you're not going to tell a three-year-old that in addition to your grandma died, then we'll never talk about this again. (laughs) Right. Or you're not going to say grandma died by suicide. Like also, yeah. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. explain the concept, but then later on down the line when they can comprehend like exactly what happened, like don't keep that from them, you know, let them know what's what the real deal is. Being open and honest, you know, mm-hmm. concepts. Yeah, secrets. But, like, also, like, every family has 
secrets. And I don't necessarily mean like this kind, but like, yes, like every family has like rules and like things like that, that are unique to each family. And so like, there are some families that like aren't discussing these things and like, yes, mm-hmm. do like, and, and that's just like the norm. So I also like, don't want to say that like, you know, your family unit is wrong and bad. If that's For like sure. part of the, you know, the norms and like the culture that you have with it, just specifically within your family unit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think like, it's, you know, as I always say, like context matters. So like whatever yeah. works within the norms and rules and customs within your family unit, like hopefully it's, positive but and healthy yeah yeah right fantastic well Mm. i think that's all that i have that was a good mm, brains yummy brains Mm. yummy yummy brains fantastic should we rotten tomaten then let's rotten tomaten you say tomaten I say tomaten. <laughs> um, so what do you think this has on Rotten Tomatoes? 87. 92. All right. Very interesting. The tom- Rotten Tomatoes score is a 94%. Aye. And the audience score is an 82%. Ooh. Okay. The critics' consensus is... With a gripping story and impressive practical effects, Talk to Me spins a terrifyingly creepy 21st century horror yarn built on classic foundations. I think that's a solid description of this movie. Absolutely. Um, And then the audience says, Talk to Me has a fright-filled, fast-paced, and often unpredictable story that'll keep you on the edge of your seat from start to finish. Yeah, yeah. I think those are pretty accurate, both of them. Fast pace, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Okay. Let's get to four S's. Yes, 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 yes. Skulls, scares, shakes, and suggestions. The talking horror's four S's. <laughs> the four S's are skulls, scares, shakes, and suggestions. Skulls is how this movie handles mental health and human behavior. Scares is how scary was it. And shakes is how much you're going to remember this movie. Can you shake it off? Um, and that is, again, all these are 1 through 10. So, Jamie, let's start with you. Let's start with your skulls, scares, and shakes, and then we'll do our suggestions when we're all done with our numbers. Sure. Um, I just changed mine, but I'm, like, on the fence. So mm-hmm. I gave, for skulls, I put a 6, because, like I mentioned in the beginning, I think that, like, it... It just seems more obvious that uh, Mia is being manipulated and she's not, like, recognizing it. I also just mm. – part of me deducted points, but I'm like, is this also just teenagers being teenagers and, like, they're making stupid right. decisions and, like, that is sure. just part of what they do. But I – this is where I give my opinion, so I don't care. It makes <laughs> me mad and that's why I did that. Um, for scares, I gave this a seven. I thought this movie was very, like, it's not the scariest movie I've ever seen in my entire life, but Mm -hmm. it was very scary and chilling. And I broke Brian's hand from squeezing it so hard. I was very scared throughout like the whole movie. Yeah. Um, talk to me. I'll let you in. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Um, <laughs> I don't want it. <laughs> and then for shakes, I'm giving this an eight. I'm still thinking about this movie. I'm still thinking about the ending of this movie. I really, the ending is one of my favorite horror movie endings in a very long time. Yeah. Um, I'm still thinking about it. It is probably giving me nightmares. Um, but this movie is excellent. And like, I would recommend it to everybody. Nice. Uh, Skulls, I'm going to give this a seven. I thought people were peopling for for what this was um, in our modern day horror things. And I just liked how they dealt with um, how they dealt with grief, like we like we said before. Mm -hmm. Um, Scares, it was a five to me. It wasn't scared. The most the, the thing that was the most scary was the gore with Riley. So, um but other than that, it was just a, a good time to to watch. I wasn't, um, I mean, I didn't have anybody's hand to grab and hold, <laughs> but I wasn't like jumping up, you know, and yeah. Uh, so five for me. And then shakes, I'm going to give us a seven because uh, I am also still thinking about, about it a lot. And I think that the ending was also just stellar, man. Yeah. Um, I'm also giving it a seven for skulls. I think people are peopling for the most part. And uh, I think that her descent into madness was pretty well done. Um, I'm giving this a six for scares. It was scary. Um, and then for shakes, I'm giving this an 8.5. Um, nice. I'm Only because I've seen it once, I'm giving it the 0. .5, because it could really go nine or stay at eight. Um, but I'm thinking about it, like we all said, like a lot. And I'm, I'm suggesting it to people. I'm getting excited for people to see it. Um, mm -hmm. but I think that this is, and again, this is one of my favorites of the year so far. Um, um, you know, and, and don't get me wrong. I think this is really good. And I think this would hold its own in 2022. Like if this was a wide release in 2022, what we consider an excellent year for horror, like this yeah. would hold its own, like up in that top 10, no question. But because 2023, it, right. So far, isn't as strong overall statistically, as 2023 was, there's still a half year, more than a little bit less than a half year left. Like this, you know, I think that this is like going to easily hold its own throughout the, the rest of the year. Um, cool. So let's go into suggestions. Um, I'm going to start. Um, I picked a movie that also deals with reality versus not um, deals with parents and stuff like that. Uh, I'm going with Mike Flanagan's Oculus. Oh, that's a really good one. Yes. I was trying to think of movies where, because the, the, the thing that sticks out in my brain about this particular movie is just that sequence of all of the kids having their turn at the hand. Mm -hmm. So, But I couldn't really think of anything besides like bodies, 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 as far as like teenagers just like together I mean, doing like crazy stuff. That's not a bad, <laughs> that's not a bad one. Yeah, so I, I'm going to go with Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Jamie? Um, I went with a film that deals with grief, having a hard time dealing with grief, and uh, spooky things that kind of make you question reality. Um, I went with The Night House. Yes! Great movie. It's a house. So good. In the night. In the night time. <gasps> Wonderful. 
Okay, well, I guess that wraps up our episode of Talk to Me. Do not let them in. You can follow us on all of the social medias. Uh, talk to us on there, on the TikToks, on the Instagrams, on the Twitter X, whatever, whatever's at Talk Horror Pod Pod. And Brian, where can they listen to us? You can listen to us wherever you get your podcasts. Um, so obviously YouTube, as was previously mentioned, but of course on things like Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Um, we also would love for you to rate and review us there. Five yes. stars, please. And thank, thank you. you. I don't know. What should we end, end this episode with, guys? They like you. Ooh, <laughs> that was really creepy. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. The that eyes, everything. It was a great movie. The I, eyes I really were great for everyone. Yeah. Yes. I dig it. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. Bye. 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 Talk to me. Tell me your name. <laughs> that part. <laughs> 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 like it's all the same. <laughs>